0: Amen. Hallelujah. First Samuel chapter 2, verse 1. And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. I smile at my enemies and I prophesy to you this morning that every last one of you will smile at your enemies. When you've received the vindication and the manifestation of God's goodness you won't hide from your enemies. That's not like God. You'll be able to look at your enemies and smile and let your enemies know that what they intended for evil what they expected to put you under has in fact become a platform to put you over you are going over in the name of Jesus God will release his grace upon your life to trouble your troubles in the name of Jesus and for every trouble you've gone through you will receive double honor. I said you will receive double honor. I said you will receive double honor. In the name of Jesus. Now, let's read on. My is exalted, I smile at my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Verse 2. No one is holy like the Lord. For there is none besides you. No, is there any rock like our God? Now, I'm going to sing that song in a moment. We are familiar with these songs. But what we are not familiar with was how in the heck does God's reference of holiness have to do with what just happened to Hannah? Because you know that Hannah here is celebrating God's vindication. Hannah here is celebrating the fact that having not had a child for such a long time, finally God blessed her with a wonderful son, not just an ordinary son, one that will be a priest, a judge and the anointer of kings in Israel. For many of us what has been delayed in your life, that the enemy has tried to bring to you. You need to recognize God is not growing a country through you. He wants an oak. And because of the work that God wants to accomplish through your situation it may have taken a little while but you need to know you will never be denied. I can say that with authority. Have you read what Hannah just said? What is the connection? This woman is rejoicing, celebrating, having a thanksgiving over the fact that she just had a child. And what does she say? Verse 2, no one is holy like the Lord. What has holiness of God got to do with such a manifestation of God's goodness? There is none holy as the law there is not We'll answer that in a minute. I'm going to go very quickly to Exodus chapter 15. Here we have the very first song ever recorded in all of scriptures. Exodus chapter 15, verse 1. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord. And spoke, saying. Now, interestingly, when you go to Revelation chapter 15, in verse 5, if I let me go there quickly. Revelation chapter 15, in verse 5. Revelation chapter 15. Wait a minute. Is it chapter 5? No, no, no. Chapter 15. Yeah, it's correct. In verse 3. Revelation fifteen three, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb. So all of a sudden, we see that what Moses sang in Exodus fifteen, when he started that song, it was called Moses sang to the Lord. But by the time we get to the end of the book, it was not just Moses' song any longer. It is the song of Moses and the Lamb of God. Why is it so important? Let me read Exodus 15. I will sing to the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. And I'm telling you this morning, that's the same kind of triumph that's waiting for you. Your triumph will not be in secret your triumph will not be in the back side of the desert. Your triumph will be covered by CNN USA today. Your triumph will be covered all over the global pages of the world because the kind of triumph that God is going to bring you will arrest the attention of the earth. Hallelujah. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse And its rider, he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song, he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. Actually, in the King James Version, the original version says, He's my God, and I will make him a habitation. It's important you understand that difference because in psalms 22 verse 4 the bible tells us that god inhabits the praises of his people you may not recognize what you are doing here this morning but by intentionally pressing in to praise god and offer him thanks you know what we've just done you've enthroned your vessel to be the place where god rules reigns and have dominion and when that happens everything that is contrary to god has to give way hallelujah now, is my God and I will praise him. My Father is God and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of war. The Lord is his name. Farias, Sharias and his army he has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the Red Sea. The depths have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. I'm telling you, this is the epitaph of all our enemies. All of those things that are against you. This is the thing that will be written on the tombstone they will sink like in the bottom of the sea glory be to God the depths have covered them, they sank to the bottom like a stone, your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power, your right hand, O Lord has dashed the enemy in pieces and in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you, you sent forth your wrath he consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, the waters gathered together. The flood stood upright like a heap. The depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. You blew with your wind. The sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Where am I going? Verse 11. Who is like you? Hold on. Among the gods. What gods are we talking about? You have to go back to Exodus chapter 12 verse 12. Where God promised that he will wreak judgment. On all the gods of Egypt. Are you hearing me? Every plague. That God manifested in Egypt was a direct attack on a particular God, small g-o-d particular God in Egypt. So when Moses got here in verse 11 and says, who's like you, O Lord, among the gods? In his back view he's seen all those demonic gods who stood against them who proclaimed to be God for a moment he threw his rod down they multiplied it and did the same they were like a god they called he called for frogs they also called for frogs it happened like they are a god so he says who is like you oh god among all the gods ah you don't understand what I'm saying to you every demonic force that is pursuing you and chasing you and trying to hinder you and trying to stop you Moses Through the Lamb of God wants you to know this morning, you can say to those gods, those demons, Who are you? Who in the heck are you? Do you understand what my identity is? Who are you among all of the who are you? Who are you now? It doesn't stop there. Who is like you? Glorious in what? Here we come with that word again glorious in holiness fearful in praises doing wonders so again like Hannah why is Moses referencing the mighty act of God's deliverance to God's holiness who is like unto thee oh To thee, oh Lord, all who is like me, in holiness and powerful in places. Thank you. The same wonders you did in Egypt. The same wonders you did in Hannah's life. I pray confer upon every man and every woman. Under the sound of my voice this morning. In the name of Jesus. Because you are the same yesterday, today and forevermore. Because you are the Lord God and you do not change. A holy God, and that's the essence of who you are. We invoke your mercy, we invoke your loving kindness, we invoke your power over every man, every woman, every child, every situation in our midst, in the name of Jesus, as you manifested yourself in glory back in the day, as you've manifested yourself in glory in the day and this life, even so now, in the name of Jesus, man of your people in this house shall be denied. In the name of Jesus, we receive the manifestation of your holiness right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may take your seats. You guys may be seated for a minute. Let me just bring this to a close. Moses and Anna rightfully Referred to the holiness of God in the manifestation of God's miraculous deliverance and the manifestation of God's loving faithfulness to his people. We've sung those those songs for years but for me until I started preparing for this message they not quite, quite saw the connection. Why would Moses extol the holiness of God as a reference a the deliverance he just received? Why would Hannah, while holding a 10 pound baby boy, celebrating God's faithfulness and goodness, why would she say, there's none holy as the Lord? Because if you and I understand, why Then we can approach God with the same confidence and with an expectation of God's performance in the way they understood. Number one, number one, and I don't want to take too much time. I can't really get into all of this now. We will perhaps deal with it much later. Number one, how do you define the word holy? That's where it all starts. Because for many of us, when we hear holy, we are thinking purity. Sin avoidance, don't sin, and all of that is correct. The only problem is it's incomplete. Incomplete. Because when you talk about God being a holy God, is God trying to avoid the sin? When Moses first encountered God in Exodus chapter 3, God said to him, The ground where thou standest is a holy ground. Take off your shoes. Does that mean that ground had the ability to sin? And yet God called it a holy ground. Hello somebody. I am challenging us to think beyond religious walls And it's traditions of what we've learned that has become a limitation from us pressing into the fullness of what God has for us. It's like a blind, the blind man. They brought them forward and said, "Blind man, describe for us what an elephant is." The one blind man said, "Fell for the trunk of the elephant. Ah, an elephant is like a tree." The other one fell for the ear of the elephant. I said, so, "An elephant is like a giant fan." And these blind men. Touching different parts of the elephant came away with different understandings and meaning of what the elephant was. They were not wrong. They were just incomplete. That's the same approach that you and I for years have taken when it comes to holiness. We have approached holiness from man's view Of what man understands it to be. And unfortunately because we've approached it from man's view. It has always been incomplete. And at best flawed. Holiness is a God thing. I know you guys didn't come here this morning to celebrate and hear holiness. You are afraid I will leave you with saying don't use makeups. Don't wear short knickers. Don't do this. No, 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 no. no. If that's the way you are thinking, you are still thinking the law. Yeah. And you have no understanding of who God is. Hello, somebody. So very quickly, go with me to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to try to bring this to a close as quickly as possible. But I just want to leave us with a clear understanding Of the reason why Moses can invoke God's holiness to celebrate a great victory. And why Hannah can invoke God's holiness to celebrate the goodness of God concerning her. In Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to go through a few verses of scripture here quickly. In verses 4 and 5. Notice. Genesis chapter 1 verse 4. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from darkness. Verse 5. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. So the evening and the morning were the first day. Five more times in Genesis. You read similar scriptures as that. I don't want to read all of them because of time. But I'll give it to you. Genesis chapter 1 verses 8 and 10. Genesis chapter 1 verses 12 and 13. Genesis chapter 1 verses 18 and 19. Genesis chapter 1 verse 21 to 23. And the last one is Genesis chapter 1 verse 31. Let me read that last one. Genesis 1 verse 31. Then God saw everything that he had made and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. Please pay attention here. So for six days of the creation week God looked at day number one. He said it is good. Day number two, it is good. Day number three, it is good. Day number four, it is good. Day number five, it is good. Day number six, it is very good. But notice Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 Thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. The emphasis there is the word finished. (laughs) Mm. Verse 2 And on the seventh day, God ended. Another translation said, God completed his work which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work which he had done. Key words. Finished, completed, and rested. Verse 3. Then. Then what? Then. Then after God had finished. After God had completed. After God has entered into his rest. Then. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it. That word sanctified in the Hebrew is the same word kadash. Q-A-D-A-S-H. The same word kadash that means sanctify or made holy. If you look at this passage in the NIV translation, the Bible says then on the seventh day. God made the seventh day holy. Holy. Why? Because in it he rested from all his work which God had created and made. Why is this so important? This is the very first time in all of scripture when the word holy was mentioned. And any Bible scholar will tell you that law of the first mention in it is embedded the meaning for the rest of scriptures question what was it about six days for which God did not make it holy even though God made those six days and God said those six days were good but only the seventh day was called holy Why? Because on the seventh day, he had finished, he had completed, and he had rested. So, rest and the finished work and completion is what holiness is all about. Now, wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are you saying, Pastor, that that means we we can live in sin? No, no, that's not what I said. I have said to you that the issue of sin avoidance, the issue of purity and all of those things, yes, they have a play, but they are totally incomplete. The Bible says that me and you should be holy as God is holy. So if it's just a matter of sin, is God sinful? No. 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 That definition of holiness must not only fit me, it must fit God. Because Jesus said, I should be holy as God is holy. So it cannot just be something that's just for me and not for God. And we know that God does not have to avoid sin. Oh my God. Salvation says holiness means being set apart. Excuse me. What is God set apart from? What is he set apart from? What was it that was uniquely different between the seventh day and the rest of the first six days? Finished work, completion, and rest. Listen to this. I need to move on. We'll come back and address this in full later on. Let me read one more scripture. In that Genesis chapter 2 verse 3, let me read it one more time. I'll make a point. Give it to me in the uh, the NIV. Please, NIV. Genesis 2 3. NIV. Thank you. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Why? Because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So not only did God make it holy, second point, he rested. On that day. So the holy day was also a holy day. A day of rest, nothing happened. No work was done on that seventh day. So not only was it a holy day, a day of completion, a day of finishing, a day of resting, it was also a holy day. What a divine coincidence. Holy day is holy day. Oh, I've lost a lot of people. Did you, say, did you hear what I just said? Yes, sir. Holy day. Do you think it's just a coincidence that that word in our dictionary just happens like that? Adam and Eve's first day on the earth was a holiday. They were created on the sixth day. And their first full day was a seventh day holiday. Independence day. Thanksgiving day celebration. Christmas celebration. God brought them forth even though there was work that needed to be done. But they did not do any work until they first rested. Why are you striving? Why are you toiling? Why are you sweating? God began the work. Finished the work. And after he has finished it, brought you forth. You should be starting at the finishing point. My God. Now you want to understand why did Moses invoke the holiness of God? Why did Hannah call on the holiness of God for their deliverance? Because Moses recognized the demons of Egypt were still working. They could not rush. They were still striving. They were not completed. They were still pursuing the Israelites. You see, but God, who is holy, has entered into his rest. He is holy whole. He is perfectly perfect. He is completely complete. That is what the holiness of God is talking about. The holiness of God demands Judgment of all the things that are troubling you, and it also demands justice for you based on what Jesus has already done. The holiness of God is the guarantee that you and I have. That if there's anything in our lives that needs to be judged, based on what Jesus has done, God's holiness that is holy, whole, God's holiness that is perfectly perfect, God's holiness that is completely complete. We speak into the matter. So when Pharaoh and all his armies was pursuing the Israelites, God said I must arise on my throne. I'm holy whole. I'm completely complete. I'm perfectly perfect. I must judge this uncircumcised Philistines that's pursuing my people and bring an end to their pursuit. What's pursuing you today? Whatever it is that's pursuing you. You can count on God's holiness. The aspect of God. That is holy whole. Completely complete. Perfectly perfect. To rise up and touch that matter. In your favor. All your persecutors. Like Penina. Who persecuted Hannah. God said I heard the persecution. I said. When he sneered at you, I saw how when she reproached you. I saw what she said about you not having a child. In my due season, you will know that I'm the only one that's holy because my vindication will arise in that situation and bring your deliverance. God's holiness is something you and I can count upon. In an hour of need. It's not just about sin abundance. Yes, that's part of it. But more importantly, he has finished the work. He's completed it. And it's perfectly done. So that holiness is a key that you and I carry in our bags, in our pocket. To say, Father God, in this matter, judge this situation in my favor. Let your justice be served in this matter in my favor. And I'm telling you, the season to favor the children of God is now. You've been toiling, you've been struggling, you've been fighting. I want you to know that siege is over. That God of the universe, the holy one of Israel, the holy one of God is arising to speak into your situation. To judge those that need to be judged. And to justify them that need to be justified. And I'm saying to you. You are a justification candidate. Amen. By the grace and power of God. In the name of Jesus. Rise to your feet. Thank you Lord Jesus. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now. We are celebrating with the ADM's this, this afternoon. And it's a great thing. But I want you to know that the greatest celebration is not that which you do after you receive the goods. Thank God for what's happening. And if you were to talk to them to their DMs, I'm sure they will confirm to us that before this public celebration. They've celebrated privately over the years leading up to this point. So what I want to leave us with in the next few minutes is for me and you not to wait until we get the goods to celebrate. Let me take you to a passage and I know you are standing you you, you are alright you young people I've been standing here for a few minutes so you can stand too. Unless if there's a medical situation, then you may, you may see it. But let me, let me just read a passage for us from the book of Jonah. From the book of Jonah. If I can find Jonah. Ah. Where is this Jonah? <laughs> this, this, this prophet Jonah is, is hiding from me. There you go. It's hiding in the, in the in the belly of the fish. Okay. Ah, I thought I found Jonah. Okay, here it he is. Jonah chapter two. Well, I, I guess we can start from start from chapter one. In fact, before I even read Jonah, in first Thessalonians chapter five in verse eighteen. Bible says, in all things or in everything, give thanks. Give thanks. For this is will this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, clarification here is not telling us to give thanks for the bad situation. But he's saying while you are in that situation, let your focus be God's word. Not circumstance word. I'm in the middle of the whale. I'm in the belly of the whale. I'm in the middle of the sea. I'm in a straight place. I'm in a hard place. I'm in a situation that is tough, hard. Rather than focusing on the situation as hard and as tough as it may be, God says in everything, give thanks. Why? You see, because the seed of thanks... Is what opened the harvest of your deliverance. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we must be a thankful bunch. If you've been here for any number of time, we've taught and established the essentials of the kingdom of God. Acquiring the language of the kingdom, Jesus. The culture of the kingdom, love. The operating system of the kingdom, faith. And the attitude of the kingdom, thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. In everything, wherever you find yourself, your boss is mistreating you, give thanks. Not for the bad, wicked, demonic boss, but acknowledging God that your boss is not your source. You had a bad deal where somebody just ripped you off give thanks not because you enjoy being ripped off but but because you enjoy God whose grace will come upon you and make up for the difference give thanks give thanks Paul tells us in Philippians be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving make your request known unto God With thanksgiving. And now, let me read the passage in Jonah. Chapter 1 verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. What was his prayer? And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Out of the belly of the shoal I cried, and you heard my voice. You cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. Wait a minute. Okay, let me, let me just jump. Verse 7. Jonah chapter 2, verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord, and my prayer went up to you into your holy temple. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy? What does that mean? Let, me, let me break that down. Those who regard worthless idols. What are worthless idols? Anytime you are regarding on anything to deliver you other than God, it's an idol. Yes. And when you do that, you forsake your own mercy. Anytime you're looking for a man, a woman, an institution, someone else other than Jehovah, even your pastor, You are an idolater. Don't look to me. Or any other man or woman of God. Let your focus be God's word. Because the arm of flesh is fail. But the hand of my God is everlasting in his strength. So Jonah says, those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy but I will sacrifice to you with a voice of what? Thanksgiving now notice this though this is, this is the real key here we read this and we know what happened afterwards but Jonah didn't know when he was doing this he had no idea how soon or if his deliverance will ever come You and I are reading this after the fact. Understand that. Jonah did not have a guidebook that told him, You pray this prayer in chapter 2, chapter 3, deliverance comes. No. This is the key, folks. I'm setting you up because, where's the preaching? Where's all your, are they here? Because in a moment, I want us to have what we did at the beginning was kindergarten thanksgiving at the kindergarten level we were warming up now based on what we know we thank god for abigail grace she's here we thank god for her but there are many of us here who is also looking for grace in one area or the other i want to celebrate abigail grace i want to celebrate you as well i want to celebrate your deliverance. I want to celebrate the manifestation of God's goodness in your life. I want to celebrate your victory. I want to celebrate your triumph. That's what's gonna make Abigail really joyful to know that on the day of her celebration, the joy was multiplied. Because as you rejoice, we do rejoice, God promises the sound of rejoicing will not depart from your house. Are you guys ready? Yes, sir. I mean, are we really ready? Are we really really ready really ready? Because I'm praying that as you manifest as you praise and as you give thanks, your deliverance will come. Your manifestation will come. Your blessings will come. Grace will show up in your situation. Jesus will come alongside and manifest only what He can do in your matter in the name of Jesus. Over to you.